There was an idea that two podcasters could join together and cover every single superhero television show and movie that exists. Scott and Chris combined their talents to form Bingestorm and to make this idea a reality. Then Barry Allen popped in and reminded us that short of having time-altering super speed, there's no way in hell we can accomplish that in one lifetime, but we'll do what we can. So anywho, welcome back to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. I hate new Skype. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, uh, to True Freaks Guide to Heroes on TV, covering Legion Season 2, actually Episode 3 of Season 2, but it's called Chapter 11, because weird. Because um, it's the 11th episode. Yeah, yeah, so it's just one big uh, trade paperback of a TV show, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Something that effect. It's also called Chapter Contagion 5. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Is this a Pink Floyd title? What the hell's going <laughs> on, man? That definitely could be. We haven't had any good, you know, no Floyd lately. So, you know, they they had uh, some of the rights last season. And we haven't heard them since. We need to dig deep and get on some yeah. Interstellar Overdrive or something. Yeah. Shoo. Right. <laughs> I'm here again with uh, hair metal hero Chris Tyler and Pat Delmore, as usual. Yo. Hey. And these Legion casts. We didn't think we were going to have Pat tonight, but he made it. Good. Uh, all right. Um, let's jump into this because this was a dense ass uh, episode. As <laughs> yeah. Most of them are. A lot of crap happened. Um, we start off with another John Ham presentation. I hope y'all, you kids, are taking notes because there won't be a test at the end of it, but take notes <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, we start off with a John Ham Ham presentation about the placebo effect with puke, <laughs> mm. uh, um, yeah, and uh, just a nice visual description and some beautiful uh, extended projectile vomit because you really can't go wrong with that, and gives me an excuse to break out the puke sound effects for this podcast. And then we get uh, a little discussion about conversion disorder, or the nocebo effect, which is shown through a set of cheerleaders getting uh, the same involuntary uh, tick with their shoulder. And uh, fun fact, kids, this was actually based on a real event that happened right here, right around where I live, Leroy, New York. In all, health officials say 12 girls from Leroy Junior Senior High School have exhibited similar symptoms. The girls were from different grades, and some didn't know each other, but many did. Um, hmm. Or Leroy, New York. I don't care. I just say Leroy because it pisses off the people in Leroy, and I'm an asshole like that. <laughs> but How is Leroy spelled? Is it L-E-R-O-I-X? Leroy. You know, it's it's actually one freaking word I, on most of the signs, I think. No, I guess it is L-E space capital Roy. You know, so Leroy. Leroy. Okay. It's a little fucking hick town in the middle of New York State. That thinks it's a lot more important than it is, kids. Okay. But, but love you, Leroy. Um, <laughs> you have, like, the last... Uh, no, that's Batavia. Never mind. One of the, the, the <laughs> towns out there, I go through them when I go to get my... when I trade for my tobacco with the Native Americans. And um, one of them has one of the last remaining Long John Silvers 
in the universe. Uh, well, I got one right down the street from me. Really? Shit, yeah, it. it's with the it's with the Taco Bell. I thought that they yeah they're well this one's doubled up with a KFC. Um, so. But see, the problem is for the longest time that building was an Arby's, and I would give my soul to have Arby's back. You guys got no Arby's out there? We have one Arby's in the state of Massachusetts. No way, we can get. Can we trade you a couple Arby's for a couple Long John Silvers? <laughs> I'd fucking do it in a heartbeat. I, oh God, I mean, I miss a big beef and cheddar so bad. We need to get the, we'll get David Pascarell to get the paperwork going on that. Cause All right, big a, beef and cheddar, and I need a curly fry <laughs> and a hamoka shake. Hamoka, oh, yeah. Bring it to my face. <laughs> the, the, the orange cream sickle ones are pretty good, too. Oh, let's see. They never had that when it was around. No? Yeah. So well, that was a food tangent, and now I'm freaking hungry uh yeah, pat any restaurant thoughts while we're at it plenty of arby's here in seattle plenty of i don't them. ever go though no you just, it's really yeah, garbage i mean you just yeah it's garbage it's all garbage it's, but it's, it's pretty, delicious garbage. goddamn delicious <laughs> garbage yes we have a hamburger chain here though that's like a drive-in called dick's Okay. Yeah, so we can say stuff, we can say stuff like, "Hey, I'm gonna go out and grab a bag of dicks. <laughs> you want anything? <laughs> Put dicks in my mouth. Settle down, Beavis. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so anyway, that would be my favorite restaurant. Okay, carry on. Yeah, uh, 2011. <laughs> this actually happened in Leroy, New York. A bunch of cheerleaders got this weird fucking tick. I remember reading about it briefly then, but it was kind of like when the show popped this up. I'm like, holy shit. We're famous out here in the Hicks sticks. Um, so, yeah, um, that's our discussion of the week, kids, uh, is about contagion. And we get an awesome show title card, as uh, Pat just said. Now, did I miss a couple of these? Because I remember, like, the first one, and it was, like, chapter something. And, you know, the, the delusion was maybe the first one. To go back and check my notes. But I, I don't remember seeing, like, three. Now we're suddenly at, what, four or five? No, that... No, I don't think you missed no, they, anything. They're just being um, just talking with my on head. purpose. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, they've had them in every episode. Oh, they have. I totally yeah, missed first episode, three. Chapter two, that second. Uh, oh yeah, no, you're right. Because we are. No, they had two. They had two in one episode. I'm positive, and it might have been in the first. Could be. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Regardless, well, job mission accomplished. Show you fucked with our heads. Uh, <laughs> Made us doubt our own reality, so congratulations, lesson learned. Yeah. Next we get uh, kind of a glorious rendition for us comic fans of the Faruka Xavier psychic battle that originally, quote-unquote, killed him, with the uh, chalkboard animation that we saw in Season 1 being reflected in his his glasses. And just like the comic version, uh, Mool passes out dead right into his food when it's over. But then we get what the X-Men comics didn't show you. We, we get to see him placed into an egg-shaped coffin, and he's placed under a floor in a building full of monks, the monks of the Miko order, we assume. Uh, almost immediately after sealing him in his tomb, though, a foreboding thumping sound begins. So, Your sound effects, homemade sound effects for the week, kids. <laughs> Uh, our friend, the little spider chick delusion, crawls its way into Potomini's ear, Wrath of Khan style. So, I got it. If it wasn't an intentional call out, it should have been. Anyone else feeling uh, check off in the the ear critter on that one? A little bit, yeah. 
See, I'm not insane alone. Uh, we see the Admiral Baskethead is watching the D3 compound, is, as always, on his little mental screen thingies uh, or whatever. Carrie and Carrie are stuck in their situation where Carrie can no longer <laughs> reside inside him. Carrie, uh, with a C, is trying to keep, teach Carrie with a K all the unpleasant things she didn't used to have to do when merged with him, like eat and use the bathroom. It's pretty, kind of a hilarious little scene. And uh, Carrie with a C is a big fan of cream soda and, you know, who isn't? Carrie with a K, actually, is a big fan of cream soda. First time <laughs> she's ever tried cream soda, and she's like, more! <laughs> yeah, it takes a special kind of weirdo to like cream soda, I though. I love cream soda. With oh, some of the too sweet. Best shit up here, Stewart's cream soda. Uh, Sid is doing recon for David as a cat. And uh, telling him about the cat influences she needs to resist. You know, she walks by with <laughs> something dangly and is like, no shit, stand them. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> She's searching uh, for our friend the monk, of course, and she roams through the carry and carry scene and around the halls. And she asks David questions about future her. Am I still pretty? Yeah. But an emergency <laughs> situation uh, saves that conversation for another day. So blood is found on the inside of the room with the, the chattering teeth people. Clark uh, goes in to inspect, and they find out one person is missing. An alarm is sounded, and David starts to have future flashes about Sid again, and the letter H appears in the little light wand thing she was using. Uh, Division 3 goes on lockdown, and David can't read the monk himself as they've trained to hide their minds, apparently. So. Sorry, I'm just barreling through, but this is like as linear as Legion gets, so I figured yeah. we'd stop down for a second here. Um, but obviously, yeah, a lot going on already, and I don't think we've reached 10 minutes into the show yet, by what I just read. Kind of love the cat recon thing. Um, yeah. Any excuse to have Sid play cat, I guess, although we didn't get to see human Sid acting like a cat, which was... <laughs> Unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that's all I got for this segment. Okay, I don't know. Uh, David heads back to the pod for some more explorations, and this was an awesome scene. And he goes to talk yeah. to Farouk. He encounters Lenny at the poolside uh, mental protect- projection that they're all in, and she starts begging him to give her drugs, you know, help release her, you know even help her kill herself, anything uh, to be free of being Fruk's pet or houseplant, she calls herself. Um, I love it. Later during this conversation, she tries killing her. You know, it's uh, Harold and Maude, anyone? Did that one keep coming to mind on this one? Yep. <laughs> that no, she just, you're just like in the middle of a scene, you see her <laughs> hanging in the background. Because he was always trying to, you know, Harold was always faking killing himself. If you haven't seen that movie, check it out. And, and and rinse your eyes afterwards. Okay. Uh, not really. You don't know Harold and Mud? No, oh, no doubt. Hero, hero, hero. It's good. Yeah. Really good. What's the uh, God, what's the actress's name? Ruth Gordon. Right, and it's, it's not Bud Court. No, who is that? Yeah, it is Bud Court. It is Bud, Bud Court. Court. Ruth, Gordon, Ruth Gordon, Bud Court in love. Go with it. Um, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, Lenny actually tries to shoot herself in the head at one point, too, and just bubbles come out, and I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, well, we learn that the Shadow King doesn't consider himself a villain, duh, like pretty much any villain, and he paints David's father as 
a white colonist or imperialist kind of who came to his kingdom and decided his people should have better. I got to think there's just a little speck of timely political commentary going on there, possibly. And, and he's talking about Captain Picard, too, which I kind of like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> indeed. Oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Had to steady myself after that one for a second, because I, I can't think in, you know, Patrick Stewart mode right now, or, or I'll want it to happen. Apparently, uh, what's his name that plays David, um, did at one point ask Patrick Stewart if he'd show up for the show, and we didn't get an answer. Um, but nah. It's got to be McAvoy. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I guess it probably would be, but that would be... I, I'm not sure. I, I'm still not sure I acknowledge McAvoy as Xavier. I'm still on the fence about that one. So, David rightly points out that uh, Farouk was actually also an asshole and not exactly completely the victim here. He was a psychic <laughs> parasite all his life. But I gotta say, he you know makes he makes a Magneto level justification for his actions. You know, he's just trying yeah. to survive and doing anything he can, like most people. And now he's a refugee. You know, do you understand refugee? And I've been kicked out of my home and my body and. Your asshole dad, who's probably going to end up being the end of the show as fucking onslaught. So, uh, <laughs> given the X Men's book history, that you really can't defend Charles Xavier a lot after a certain point. No, <laughs> so, not at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I always keep that in the, the back of my mind. And here it's cat crazy time. Great, I'm about to bleed. Don't claw me. Sure. Uh, yeah. Just read, a f- uh, what? Uh, did you ever read um, the <laughs> X Men Micronauts crossover? Oh, a long, long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Long ago, he goes cr- Professor X goes crazy and tries to rape Danielle Moonstar. Oh Jesus! Well, who wouldn't? No, I missed yeah. that one. <laughs> Sorry, that was yeah. a terrible joke. <laughs> Marvel. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have North Star. Marvel's anyway. had some problematic <laughs> writing episodes. We all know this. Uh, Lucy, pause here for my cat. Just a minute, folks. Go somewhere. <laughs> go do cat paperwork. Don't you have cat paperwork no. to do? What you do all day? Lucy, go. Go, go, go. Oh, you're such an asshole. <laughs> yes, I call my cat an asshole. Call fucking PETA on me. I don't care. Get. <laughs> all right. I call Starfire. I call Starfire a shithead. <laughs> Because sometimes she is. Mine is definitely... That's a great name for a cat. Yeah. She's about to lurk and claw me in the bare leg. We (laughs) finally have freaking short weather around here, and I'm going to have to bleed for it. Magneto level justification, blah, blah, blah. David agrees to find the monk, uh, but then he disappears. Um, Farouk tells David he's helping future Sid commit suicide in a way, and and when he succeeds, basically, he's like, her timeline will cease to be, or we'll just make a mini-series about it in the books. <laughs> we also learn that uh, it is the monk, actually, who is the carrier of the contagion, not Farouk, or at least so Farouk says. David exits the pod and searches for his Summerlin friends. He finds more of the Division Three workers with teeth chattering. He also sees a cow... Which promptly vanishes, and I'm hoping one of you two can explain the cow to me. I got nothing to do. 
either. Sorry. It's just a recurring theme that we have to have a cow in this episode. Someone decided. Magnificent bastards. While looking around, David surprises Carrie with a C, and he sprays David with some lemony cleaner, um, which he apparently is immune to except for the smell, because uh, you would think that would have blinded him completely. But David heads back to the astral plane to look for Sid and company, but can't find them. Uh, and Carrie tells uh, him that the child soldiers followed the monk who was humming a catchy tune, and David tells him to keep an eye out for a cow. <laughs> <laughs> They come across, because somewhere in the writer's room, is a bunch of people were sitting around and said, you know what, this is a pretty linear story for Legion, and uh, it's just not quite weird enough. What, what do we got? It's like last minute here. Throw in a cow. Got it. Done. Send it to production. So they come across <laughs> a chattering Potomany. David realizes his friends are in the maze and that him and Carrie uh, enter Potomini's mind and in his mindscape uh, Potomini is uh, gardening it is determined that uh, he can't remember anything which is the exact opposite of usual powers so the contagion um, Carrie discerns that the contagion locks people inside their own maze of the fantasy of their core desire so, um, Carrie, I thought that was kind of nicely, you know, uh, out there gardening, and then he forgets, and he keeps saying hi to, to David and Carrie. It's a much more happy Potomini than we than we usually see. Yeah. yeah. So Carrie suggested David wakes him up, which he does using an ET glowing finger to the forehead. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And the fantasy crumbles around him, and Potomini wakes up and joins the search, and we get another cow sighting. <laughs> That's it, just poof, cow. Suddenly David gets a bird. I'm sure it'll make sense eventually, but for now, just random cow. <laughs> Suddenly David gets a burst of pain and kind of a quick vision again of future Sid. The monk is leading the kids with the Summerland team in pursuit, and they come across a Melanie uh, chattering away, and they carry her to the lab, and David pulls them into her maze, which we soon learn is a giant game of Zork for you youngins that only know PlayStation and the like, I Google it. But I almost... It's a text adventure. I almost pissed myself with delight when this happened. Yeah. <laughs> the adventure's in your mind, man. <laughs> this, this whole show has clearly... does have a real psychic in the writer's room and is constantly pulling shit out of my mind. Because um, I don't think I've ever had... A show like connect on so many different reference levels in my life, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was almost literally some of the text from Zork too. I'd love to find the old original text and see how close they got. It's like you're in a cave, you see a ladder, <laughs> and so David plays the game um, with uh, the other two, uh, Carrie and Potomini, giving him suggestions like you know a bunch of good gamer friends would. And then they find themselves kind of briefly within the big text itself, doing some very cool visual stuff with it, and are told to keep moving or the Minotaur will get them. And we finally see it, and it's this gr grotesque creature in a wheelchair-type contraption. Hmm. It's a thing from the first episode. Yeah, yeah, that we get yeah. a real brief sla uh, flash of. Um, David concentrates and tries to summon Melanie to no avail, so he types in a story that snaps her out of it, and I thought this was kind of really cool. I'm going to read it. I, I've got it verbatim here. 
But once upon a time, there was a girl with no dreams. She lived in the right now. Then she met a boy, and his dream became hers, except that he didn't realize that she already had a dream, and that dream was to be carefree. And that snaps Melanie out of it. Go somewhere. Beat my cat. No, I'm not actually beating my cat, Peter. Get off. Push her. Back in the world, they see a cow again. And David... I'm going to break out the cow sound effects for this episode. (laughs) David gets another sudden flash. They split up and he runs off to find Sid. And Carrie tells the cow not to touch anything. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, a very funny scene. He's like, there's a cow. And he's like, why? Just leave the cow. I'm like, I don't know if I want to leave a cow in my lab. (laughs) And so he tells the cow to be safe. (laughs) Oh, are we here? Uh, David gets more visions and he is hit by one of the kids' stun weapons, apparently, and and taken to the monk in the chattering room right over Big Six, which I'm sure has some weird significance. Uh, He whispers in David's ear and we see the monastery scene, a six or a nine, I guess, depending on your perspective. That's what the significance is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Your six is someone else's nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh,. He whispers in David's ear, and then we see uh, what David kind of put into a flashback of what happened at the monastery. Um, The pounding from Farouk's coffin is driving some monks insane and culminates in some suicides as well, and the rest of the monks getting the chattering disease. Um, Back in reality, maybe, at Division 3, Carrie is searching for David. He finds Carrie with a K chattering, and he says, Fudge! (laughs) (laughs) Oh... He says, I'm sorry, and and merges with her. And apparently he's chattering now, too. Potomini and Melanie find Admiral Fukuyama Baskethead in some duress, with the monk attached to it with wires and floating on the ceiling. One of the Vermilions says, we want the weapon to kill the monster. And it's implied that the monk is speaking. And Fukuyama suddenly wakes up and says that they had planned to build a weapon, but never got around to it. And Melanie thinks it's David, but Vermilion slash Monk tries to tell them that David is working with Farouk, but David suddenly teleports him away mid-sentence, himself and the Monk to the roof. And the Monk is resolute that David not be allowed to help Farouk find his body. And David gets another flash of Sid, and she's writing hurry with the light wand. David tries to force the monk to tell him the location of the body, but he leaps off the roof to his death. And David finds Sid chattering, and he enters her maze, which apparently is a snowy wasteland with an igloo. So, that's another round of fucking madness, kids. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, you can say that again. (laughs) Um, I've done my part. You guys chat. (laughs) I'm I'm back to thinking this is all in David's head, especially with the... Scene where they uh, rescued uh, Potomini because how um, how he's ra- how he's talking to uh, Carrie in that scene where Carrie explains to him what's going on. He's like, "Are you saying we should leave him here?" No, I'm not saying that. I'm just informing you. Right. And then he hmm. says, "Well, what if it was?" And then he goes, "Well, what if it was Sid?" Oh, yes. That's hmm. like a conversation you'd have with yourself, almost. Yeah. And yeah. I did like that it looked like Carrie stepped on the delusion. Not like in its, uh, not in its trail, but like he smushed it. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. 
Because we only saw the delusion go into Potomini's head. I don't know if right. that has any significance. Uh, unless, I mean, they made the point at the beginning that only one person has to have the nocebo, you know, mm. disease, and other people can just get it from proximity. Um, so, God damn it, I'm not supposed to th- have to think this much about the shit I enjoy. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't have to think about it. You can just let it wash over you like some fever. No, I'd, I'd be in a rubber room myself if that was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. if I did that. I would just be caught up in it. And okay. I mean, if, if any show was going to pull the it was all in his head, I mean, would you feel gypped if that was the case with this? No. Because, I mean, it's... Really? No. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I, he said, from the jump, he's set up as an unreliable narrator to begin yeah. with. I mean, they're not exactly lying to you. I don't think... I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to end up being like that. But, no, I probably wouldn't feel gypped um, as long as they did it well, you know. And they actually let you know one way or another what was going on sort of at the end of it all <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, uh, yeah i mean but i mean you could end it as you could end it with david in a in a rubber room and or you know that's when you finally see professor x and professor x has been trying to help him deal with all the shit that's going on in yeah. his head at the you know i mean uh, that would kind of be an interesting way to, to play it all kinds of okay with that yeah yeah <laughs> Hollywood, hire me. I got ideas. I um, at this point of this show, this is like coffee. I, I don't drink it for the taste anymore. I need this. <laughs> I just need it. <laughs> so uh, whatever they do to me, it's, as long as it goes into my veins, I'm, I'm cool yeah, with I mean, it. I, I love all the mainstream <laughs> stuff. I love the flights and tight stuff, but this is just on a whole different level, you know. It just, it, you never know what you're going to get with it, so... <laughs> I just enjoy watching it because it is so goddamn different. It's really this got like no nods at all from the Emmys last time around, did it? The first season. I don't think so. I mean, you know, maybe if you don't dig on the storytelling, but the production design on it, yeah, you know, all the all the technical stuff. I don't know how it wouldn't have gotten something for that because it's they won a was that they won a bunch. I think they won a bunch for Fargo though. Yeah, but I mean, the creative team isn't getting getting their due for what they're doing they're just not yeah people are ignoring this show yeah yeah, it's the the old sci-fi fantasy friggin stigma i guess but yeah and give game of thrones a ton of them but nothing else weird you know Um, well maybe they gotta throw in some incest and some dragons yeah i know that's that's his bonus Or dragon incest. There we go. Up and got people. Up and you know, we got people living inside of other people. How much weirder does it have to get for them? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if uh, Carrie with a C had actually had to go in and help Carrie with a K wipe, that would have been avant garde knife for him. Wipe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Let's not go there, the writers. It's no ne- not necessary at all. No. But man, just standouts in this was the fruit stuff. That just that actor's just fucking riveting. Yeah, um, and I said he like was this close to having. You know what? Fruit's right. <laughs> it's like God damn it, Charles Xavier, you fuck everything up you touch. So Scott, you should go on uh, Cafe Press and start making it. Make a shirt up that says Farouk was right. You know <laughs> the the Magneto was right shirt was pretty popular. Right? Yeah, true, true. 
Get a, get a Banksy version of, of, of Farouk's face and put it on there and have it say that. You'll be all <laughs> yeah. set. Right, get commission put there. Akbar and Jeff's life in hell on there. <laughs> get commissions and Kevitz to, to do me a nice uh, Legion face, too. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen, do you guys follow him on Facebook? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I do kind of. Yeah, he, does, he, does, he does all kinds of artwork for the show. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to look that up. Yep. He did, a, he did a poster for the new Mutants movie just recently, too, that looks really cool. All right, all right. He, yeah. Everything I've read, he seems to be a fan of how that's turning out, so I don't know if yeah. that's just him being like, I got paid, you know, I don't, I don't know if he got paid for that. He, the sing, sing, every interview that I've seen with him, I don't think he would sugarcoat anything. If he thought yeah. it was a piece of shit, he'd be out there telling you it's a piece of shit. He's, I mean, he's just... Pretty yeah. unapologetic about his politics online, so yes. yeah, I wouldn't think yes. that, yeah. that he would worry about other stuff like that too much. Yeah, I'm curious what's going to happen with that, because, I mean, they're reshooting a lot of it. Yeah, supposedly adding stuff. Who knows? It's, uh, hopefully Speaking it all... of adding stuff, is anybody else surprised that Shatterstar is in Deadpool 2? Yeah, that... that... Yeah. <laughs> Yes. That's like, we, we whoa, that's a about deep that. pull and a half. No doubt. I mean, if you're going to do Cable and, yeah, like, basically the early days of X-Force, why not? you got to have Cable. Yeah, I'm not sure how be interesting if they talk about his backstory at all because that opens up a can of worms because he's basically from Mojoverse, like, long shot. Well, he ends up being, like, long shot's kid eventually, doesn't he? <laughs> or it's pretty heavily implied in the beginning anyway. I didn't follow. I think they're going to talk about Cable being Scott and Jean's kid? I don't know. Um, <laughs> very and excited to not? see how they're going to deal with any of that, yeah. So far, uh, Deadpool 1 is still my top three X-Men movies. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Just for, and good old Colossus is Cockrum Burn Colossus is back, so I'm yeah. very happy, Camper. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's got to be coming out fairly soon, too. Yeah, May. Yeah, I think it's next month. And, uh, All right, we we got to go back to the cow. Cause, like, yeah, we do have I, to go I got, back to the cow. Um, like, what are cows a symbol of? Like, I just don't know. I don't know. It's just got huge, like Hindu. I mean, Hindu and yeah. just uh, symbology. Or is that, I mean, well, they did mention the Hindu milk miracle. Oh, that's right. That must have been one of the times my brain had an aneurysm. I don't remember that. Yeah, when they're talking about that. Yeah, I didn't look up what that was. That's right. Yeah, because yeah, they flashed a bunch of different like examples of it, and then they focused in on the cheerleaders and. Um, mm. My brain went on the Leroy tangent with food for 20 minutes. And just Long John Silver is because they put crack in their batter. Um, <laughs> crack batter. Pretty certain of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, cow, who knows? I'm, I'm sure something will be made of it eventually. Could just I been... mean, they're... I don't know. Is it, I mean, cows are kind of stupid animals, right? I, they're I, not exactly high up on the animal intelligence chain. One would think they would have revolted by now if they were. What was that, Pat? I'm sorry, I cut you off. You can get a cow to walk upstairs, but a cow will never, ever go downstairs. Hmm. I see. Well, as, as I said, I uh, if they were too much smarter, you would think they would have figured out how to not be our food by now. 
But <laughs> I want them to be our food. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I love their food so much it gave me gout. Come well, on. Listen, I'll, I'll pissed off vegans and PETA people email the weekly heroics at yahoo.com. Uh, if you really out. hate me, send me some Arby's. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I should check. I Arby's promise again. I won't enjoy it. You ever see uh, Bill Plimpton's The Cow That Wanted to Be a Hamburger? No, mm. but I must now. It's like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> he just the, the meat truck drives by every day, and he has like chick. He like pretends that he's like roasting on a spit, and has chickens wave their wings up and down to look like flames cooking him, and <laughs> trying to get the meat man to take him away. Nice. Yeah, I mean that reminds. I've always thought it would be funny to feed a hamburger to a cow. I'm just like, what would they eat it? <laughs> if they're hungry enough. I mean, I know lobsters eat other dead lobsters. Yeah, we humans eat the shit out of each other when it gets desperate enough, too. So, and sometimes just for the taste. Just uh, for the taste of it, human <laughs> flesh. Let's see if I still have this. What happened to all my fucking accounts? Err. You don't happen to remember our password, do you? <laughs> oh, fuck. I have no clue. <laughs> Password recovery time. Probably. Yeah, well, uh, oh, great. They're going to text it to me. Well, uh, we'll check the email next week, folks. Next time. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Too much of a pain in the ass right now. I don't know if Legion Season 1 is available on home media, but if it is, you should probably buy it through our Amazon Like if you go to 2TrueFreaks.com. That is an excellent idea. Um, yeah, or anything else you like. You buy yourself something nice. We, yeah. It keeps the lights on here. It doesn't cost you anything. The more expensive, the better. Yeah. No, no, no. It doesn't have to be the like this. You know, whatever. Just whatever you want Amazon. to get. Treat yourself. Yeah. Get that Amazon Prime. Get that free shipping. Two days. Um, but, uh, yeah, so looking forward to the next episode, as always. Yeah, I mean, it's it, honestly like I, I I do kind of appreciate that this one was a little more narrative focused, a little more straightforward this time, just because I'm sure whatever's coming is going to be significantly weirder. So it's not it's not bad to have a little bit of a breather in terms of the crazy department. I think we're going to so, find out a lot next week. They they saved Sid's yeah. uh, maze for a reason, so I'm I'm thinking it's going to be focused on that, and we're going to get a lot happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as Chris said, if you haven't seen anything yet, David Pasquarella, you should be watching this one. It's just gloriously strange. It's so weird, man. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. Yeah, all I got too. It's uh, I'm happy. Yeah, let the craziness continue. Let's talk about um, some of the music in this show too, like the weird music they had near the end with him and the monk and. It was just, well, basically the uh, Monk flashback was just, <laughs> the music alone in this show would drive you insane if you listened to it for an extended amount of time. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not exactly oh, easy listening. Yeah. I forgot that. Instead of the instead of the uh, hands pointing on the roof pointing at David, mm-hmm. this time they're pointing at the blinking red light. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the green hands, yeah. People, alien civilizations, million years after we're gone, are going to be dissecting the show and figuring out. It's like, wow, if, if every, every one of these damn hairless apes had, had been as interesting as this, maybe we would have let them into the Galactic Federation. 
uh, <laughs> and not nuke their planet for the good of the universe. Um, it sucks though. Most people are streaming it through coaxial cable, so it's not going to outer space. Uh, uh, they have their ways, Pat. Don't don't just watch a couple YouTube videos. Broadcast you. television. Yeah. The end of broadcast television is killing alien entertainment. Yeah, that's true. And they, they've learned to get past the tinfoil hats too. So there there are nerds working on a solution for that. <laughs> if if an alien race ever does take us out, it's not going to be for anything as exciting as the good of the universe. It's going to be mundane, like in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, the right. Galactic Byways coming exactly. through here, guys. Oh, your lease was up. We forgot to. Me- <laughs> you didn't get the memo. <laughs> You're behind on rent. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's weekly heroics. I forgot to tag this like the last couple of weeks because we hadn't done it in so long. So we'll do our, right. our usual it. cheesy uh, outro because I learned shit like that when I used to get paid for it and I don't know why I hold on to it but we're Weekly Heroics Uh, we'll be back with a cow next week whenever the fuck next week gets here so bye now Welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Yeah, we are continuing with our Legion cast, which is uh, chapter 12 we're up to, uh, which is actually like season 2, episode 4, but it's chapter 12 in the grand magnum opus that is this weird-ass show. Yeah. So, hi, co-hosts. I'm joined once again by Chris Tyler, the hair metal hero, and uh, pa- uh, Patrick Delmore. And Porky I just Pig. Wanted the kiss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, 
Yeah, uh, this this episode is kind of the the secret origin of Sid slash Groundhog Day. So yeah, I guess we should jump into it. We'll chat a little. We might do a little spoilery stuff about a new movie that came out too. That's uh, you might have heard of. Apparently, everybody has already in the world has already seen five times. So. Uh, <laughs> So if you don't want like spoilers for that Infinity War thing, um, there probably won't be anyway. So just keep listening because it would be stupid to tell you to stop listening. Yes, uh, it's not good podcasting marketing. So yes, Secret Origin of Sid. We open on her uh, mind igloo. Remember that in the maze uh, that is uh, David is trying to retrieve her from. Remember he went and picked out everyone else and he made them find their core desire. And we played some Zork last episode. And, uh, but, uh, Sid is going full igloo, and there are lots of ambient weird sounds, there usually is in this show, and music, and she, uh, crawls down an ice tunnel, which, which we get that scene several times, and I, I kind of like Sid crawling down an ice tunnel. Sorry. Yes. Honey, girlfriend of mine, but I'm still, uh, I'm committed, but I'm not dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the ice tunnel presumably turns into her mother's vagina, actually, uh, because the next yeah. scene we get is her birth. So we're going way back for Sid's origin, right from the very, very beginning. And so we kind of get a little Sid Barrett, this is your life music montage of, of various scenes with her mom. Mom holding her as a little girl, her, uh, you know, saying hi to her goldfish, mom working on some paperwork, and teenage Sid reading a book called The Ring of Brightest Angels Around Heaven. Which is a real novella by a guy named Rick Moody. I actually linked you guys to some excerpts from it, but it's it's got a very explicit like club scene description and like a sex club basically, and it's kind of all about you know street life, Times Square, I believe. I haven't really had a chance to look into it, but the next scene we uh, see is uh, sit at a museum watching a couple kissing, and then she's back home kissing her reflection as. Young girls are want to do, I guess. Or at least young girls with roguish powers are want to do. Yeah. Next, uh, Mom is giving some kind of lecture to her friends, and Sid is trying on her guests' coats and stuff and doing some role-playing. You know, and the, the adults all gathered, the, the coats all went into one room. So Sid's in there playing playing some some roles, role-playing. Try to follow along, gets a little wiggy. <laughs> uh, I'm a little wiggy. I've had a week. Not as much of a week as my girlfriend, but I've had a week. Uh, where are we? Finally, we get to hear Mom's uh, reading a little bit, and um, it's it's kind of a psychiatric-type paper that she's writing, apparently, about trauma and such. And I swear they had Sid, that we know, do the voice for her mother. Did anyone else? I don't know if we can confirm it or not, but it sounded a lot like the actress that plays Sid. Which would it's possible. Which would be a nice... Cheap kind of fuck you way to say thanks for playing the mom actress, but we're not giving you your SAG card yet because we're not going to let you speak. I don't really know how that works, but <laughs> you know sometimes you gotta you gotta watch that budget. <laughs> but it would make sense because it's all kind of Sid's delusion, so that's why I think it probably was her voice. We'll try to get independent confirmation of that through our research group someday down the line. I'm sure we will. So finally. Um, Oh, yes. Next up is uh, 
Oh, so someone almost touches Sid, of course, um, in the in the party, and and she runs away. She's kind of clearly aware of her powers, I think, or I don't know. It's she definitely finds out soon if she doesn't know then. But uh, well, the mother knows from the jump because the mother has to put the pillow on her to uh, snuggle her. Ah, that's right. Okay, good catch, hero. I didn't even, and I should have because that's a that's a direct uh, kind of core, you know. Parallel to what she does with David when she lays down with him. So, good catch. But next up is a uh, punk rocker girl, um, Sid, and she's she's in the club and she joins the mosh pit, seemingly carefree about touching people, unless this is some kind of fantasy of hers, because you would think people would just be like dropping dead, like the rogue thing. And but it's almost like she can bounce around and touch people and like instantly, you know maybe bump right back into him and change right back. And we had kind of a weird theory about this, I think, last season, or my sick brain did. Maybe we didn't put it on podcast. Um, that, like, her and... About, like, maybe her and David having real uh, relations and, like, how that would work with her power. Like, when they just kind of keep switching so quickly that they wouldn't notice it. But I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. These are the things us perv nerds sit around and think about. Or this perv nerd, anyway. Uh, back at the museum. Um, oh, actually, we also see Sid in some kind of restraints, possibly in a mental ward, possibly from too much mosh pit contact, I guess. Yeah. Back to the museum and the lovers that are sitting there, and teen Sid turns to present-day Sid, uh, and David comes in the maze and assumes that the museum represents her core desire. She doesn't seem to know David, though, and he asks about uh, her about a painting that she's looking at, and he kind of makes an attempt at analyzing her fantasy, which she basically tells him, you're wrong, it tells him to watch it again. And so essentially the rest of the episode is Groundhog Day, with David actively watching a lot of the same scenes, and they're peppering in more of them, and uh, you know him attempting to figure out the mystery of, of why Sid's stuck the way she is, so... That was an interesting little way to go about this. They did it pretty cool. Uh, but it's it's Groundhog Day, kids. So if you haven't seen that movie, you might want to catch up on that before you catch this episode. <laughs> Bill Murray. Can't go wrong with Bill Murray. Um, so we get more scenes, uh, like some uh, mean girls bullying her as a bullying uh, Sid as a preteen. Uh, voiceover of her reading some of the book. Mom writing her papers again. And the same mean girl's bullying teen Sid, and a boy is confronting her for a kiss as well. And she refuses, obviously, you know, she knows her power at this point. But the mean girl patrol is kind of watching from a distance and snickering, so she, he pushes her, he pushes uh, Sid, the boy, and calls her frigid. So she's like, oh yeah, you want to kiss, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, kind of cheering this, you know, when it happened on screen, and, and it's probably oh, yeah. not something you should cheer, but yeah, he deserved it. The girls didn't. The girls probably deserve it too, but, you know, we'll let you people wrestle with your own consciences about that. Uh, but Didn't yeah, so him. basically she, she kisses him and switches with the guy and then proceeds to beat the shit out of uh, all the girls with a lacrosse stick as the boy, and of course when they switch back, she blames the boy. <laughs> So, karma's a bitch, motherfucker. Uh, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Um, things went a lot better for Rogue's first boyfriend, really, <laughs> when you think about it in the, in the X-Men movies than uh, 
He was in a coma for three days. This poor kid, yeah, but he didn't commit felonious assault on anybody. So that's true. <laughs> so David is still observing and pops back in the museum, and now he thinks it's the couple that she's watching. That you know, oh, you just wish you could have that. And he also tries to tell her about you know why he's there—the maze and the Summerlin folk—and she says, "Wrong. Watch it again." So. We, we Groundhog Day once again, and this time Igloo Sid is warming herself on a little fake plastic fire or something. And we, we get an interesting version of Cream's White Room over this montage. Yeah. Uh, they love to do their weird covers in this, this show, and I love it. And then we'll somehow find that version. This time we get an additional scene of Sid doing some self-harm to herself with scissors and, and other blades, uh, the self-cutting thing. Um I'll tell you what, there's, there's not one personality disorder this show doesn't touch. They, they've just got a checklist in front of them. <laughs> and basically, it's a, what, how many symptoms and mental illnesses can we stuff into every episode? And, and they're, they're quite, quite amazing at it. <laughs> they just got the DSM-5 sitting right there. I'm like, all right, we got that one, we got that one. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, white ream, white ream, white ream by cream. Uh, cream's white room, <laughs> self harm, and back to the museum. David doesn't get a word in before she says wrong, and we begin again. In the next Groundhog Day, David intrudes and scares the preteen mean girls away. And preteen says, uh, tells him that he's cheating. She, he can't just come and ask her what it is, and she tells him to watch it again. And we get a very brief respite from uh, Sid as Carrie with a K extracts Carrie with a C from her in a very birth-like way uh, into the halls of Division 3 as they wake up from the maze. And they run into Clark, who gives gives them a little exposition, fills them in on the dead monk and the many people who are now awake and have to use the bathroom all at the same time. (laughs) That was pretty hilarious. So the Carries plural, go to the roof and find David and Sid catatonic. They bring him into the lab and Melanie and company are examining them. Carrie says they're both awake but can't understand why they're not awake. There's something, something. Back at the igloo and uh, Groundhog Day, uh, this time at the museum, David theorizes that they're not in the maze and that she's afraid of him seeing what she's done and he won't, uh, you know, she she won't or he won't love her anymore and he professes that it doesn't matter you know he's done some crazy shit with his powers too and she just makes up buzzer sound <laughs> and says try again and david is getting quite frustrated at this point um so we fa- fast forward a little bit through the groundhog montage again um thankfully and david proclaims that he'll never give up um, he, he arrives to the boy switch scene and the club scene before the club Sid uh, sees her mother flirting with a man and, and she kind of looks on longingly. And in a new scene, we get to view an event that Sid told David about in season one where um, she sees her mom's boyfriend in the shower and decides to switch with her mom to seduce him. And we also get to see the horrifying aftermath as teenage Sid suddenly appears in the shower with a naked man. Uh, after the switch wears off, and needless to say, mom isn't real understanding, and boyfriend is led away in handcuffs. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty... It, it, was, it was shocking when, you know, Sid told us about it in season one, but I didn't think that actually kind of show it to us. No. So it's weird that um, if, she, if she called the cops and said, uh, 
there was a that her daughter was raped that there wasn't a counselor sitting with her uh, her daughter while they took the guy away. True. Yeah. <laughs> but we have to kind of Which assume I, that you know. It, if she knew of her daughter's powers that she kind of knew it was her daughter's fault too and oh yeah <laughs> so yeah but what did, so what did she say did, what did she say he did then to get him arrested right away just just domestic violence or well, I mean the proof is in the pudding I mean she was in the shower with him yeah you know just really and I mean he, that guy's gonna be so dumbstruck like it's not like you're just gonna go running out of the house you're gonna be protesting your innocence because yeah. you believed you were innocent. I wonder how that like not in that particular situation exactly but I want to see like the exact moment of transition because how do you go from presumably being the naked adult woman to poof a 15 year old girl who has clothes on. <laughs> so, well. So the poor boyfriend probably will go insane just from that alone. Yeah. And uh <laughs> In prison. <laughs> yeah, in prison. Always the best place for it. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, just when I think you won't go somewhere else, Legion, you go there. So, congratulations. Um, just an uncomfortable scene to watch, needless to say. Uh, do, 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 mind, Dave, mind David sees all this and is notably shocked, of course. And he says, okay, and goes to meet present Sid and Yanglo. He says it's about what she's had to survive. It's about how trauma can make you stronger. And he again professes his love. It's like a fairy tale for him, but she's like, this isn't a fairy tale. Love is a hot bath. And what happens to things left too long in a hot bath? They fall apart. And David realizes why Sid was re reading the book she was. The junkies and hookers and damaged people are the ring of brightest angels around heaven. Sid tries to tell him that love is a futile pursuit for people like them in a war. The lovers don't survive. The fighters do. And she says, love isn't going to save us. It's what we have to save. So some very big, you know, almost Xavier-like, you know, proclamations in this of, you know, this is why we fight. Yeah, um, all the pain they've gone through is the armor they'll need for the fight, and God loves the sinners best because our fire burns bright. She tells David to burn with her. So I love the writing at the end of this one. Yeah, this is uh, it's surprising though because it's very much typical hero. Yeah, dialogue here yeah. instead of the kind of obtuse stuff that they do sometimes. This yeah. is straight up, you know, <laughs> yeah. they don't wear capes and tights, but. This is capes and types philosophy. Yeah, but but I like the the dynamic duo of, of Sid and David, and they're, they're going to get through this shit together, even if it's the apocalypse. So, yeah. yeah, warms warms the cockles, as they say. <laughs> I have no idea what a cockle even is, but whatever. I'm not looking it up. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's a bad Google search waiting to happen. Actually, it's a it's a shellfish. <laughs> is it okay? Yeah, cockles and mussels alive, alive. Oh, ah, all right. She, so she waves her hand, and suddenly they're in the white room, and she says she's ready. So David has unlocked the mystery, finally, and they wake up. Um, and they look at each other and smile, and suddenly Division Three soldiers run past a window, and we get the opening titles at the end of the show this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, they always slip them in there some weird way, and I, it hadn't even occurred to me we hadn't seen them yet until they come up, and I look at my you know, clock, and I'm like, wait, wait, what? Wait. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we see that the soldiers have a supposedly corporeal, corporeal? I was corporeal. trying to say that word. That was it. Lenny, Lenny herself, 
in their custody and a cover of Burning Down the House plays over the credits. And she, of course, has to say, I'm back. (laughs) And so I haven't even seen that. We're running late this week, obviously, but I haven't even seen the next episode yet. So Neither have I. No, none of us have. So it's a little too busy seeing other movies and stuff. Um, Also, movie recommendation before I forget, uh, The Quiet Place. Or oh yeah, place. definitely. That's what I heard. It's really, I mean, it's kind of thing. You know, ho- low budget horror movie. You think maybe you can watch, wait till DVD? You need to see this in a theater with good sound, man. See with an audience um, to accentuate the lack of sound in it. You have to see it with really good sound. It would be a great headphones movie, though. Actually, yeah. Um, it looked too much like it comes at night to me initially, which is why I didn't go see it. No, this is not It Comes at Night. No. No. It's nothing special, but I mean, you know, it's it's all the, it's like all the horror tropes and shit in a blender, you know, and done done well, but it's, it's, for like a first time director, this guy, it's, it's really kind of very well shot and it's, it's, it's a simple story, well told with a couple of wrinkles in it that. Oh, like, why didn't anybody do that before? Right, but, I mean, just super atmosphere. You you go for the atmosphere. You know, the, the story is, you know, it's like going to see Avatar when I saw it the first time. I, I went for the 3D, and then I realized I was watching Dances with Wolves, but I was like, all right, but I still got to see Dances with Wolves in great 3D, so. <laughs> this is just, this is a sound experience, if anything else, from a movie with barely any sound in it, if that makes any sense, yeah. but it will when you go see it, so. Um, so anywho, uh, you guys go chat about the show if you want for a bit. All right. So uh, with, with Lenny, I mean, we've seen her so far just trapped in Farouk's mind, right? This mm-hmm. season. That's bit. How are they going to, I don't, which Lenny is this? Is this that, is this the head Lenny finally come to life somehow? Or I, I like, I have no clue what's going to happen. Well, because he even told her a couple episodes ago, it's like, hey, dude, your your body's dead. Remember, it's, it was embedded in a wall. I don't really have anything to send you back to. So, like, yeah, if, if Shadow King can, like, make, you know, just recreate, you know, the same human out of whole cloth, then he's like Thanos, basically, at this point. Um, yeah. You know, just zap. Okay, gotcha, another body. Pat, what were you going to say? Um, well, as to Lenny, she could, <clears throat> she could be a zombie. She could be, Ooh. it could be her corpse and Aubrey Plaza could play the hell out of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's I, a good point. I look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She didn't look too great. So I suspect that's the, the episode we all haven't watched yet. It's probably going to give <sighs> us a little more on that. So, <laughs> But this one, I, honestly, this one bored me a little bit. I mean, lo- love me some gr- Groundhog Day, but, it, you know, there was a, this was a money-saving episode. They just filmed one scene, you know, for about five minutes and then replayed it for us a hundred times. Um, oh, I was hypnotized both times I watched it. I think uh, I think this, this pulls us even further into the uh, most of these people are parts of, uh, of David. I think that think what's her name? Yeah, Sid is Sid is uh, Sid is just the representation of his uh, his feminine side, and she said stuff earlier on that you know in very definite tones that kind of confirms it, like her saying like he's my man, yeah, like that. Mm. 
out of nowhere. And this, there was something that was said, I watched the second time with subtitles that sounded like something but wasn't something where he was talking about their experience and he was like, um, this stuff happens to people like us. And then he says to two people like us, like he's confirming the delusion. Oh, but it was just going to say two and then two again. But there was so much of him reiterating that he had had all of these same experiences. Yeah, yeah good catch. Yep. I look at, you know, I, when he's talking about, you know, you'll th- you think I won't like you because all of this happened. Well, all of this happened to me, too. Right. Yeah. I had to watch uh, the Happy Jack montage from the first episode to see if it, like, directly mirrored it. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I'm happy about. Yeah, I did mean to mention that, that it was just, it was very kind of stylistically like that. And even, man, I get such a fucking growing up vibe from Sid and Mom's house. That was like what my living room looked like in the ah. late 70s. <laughs> so I'm, fingers and crossed. Did you notice that? What? Did you notice that David, after the first time he talked to Sydney, is wearing the clothes of the couple that's making out? He's wearing the guy's jacket and the girl's shirt. No, man, that's why you're a detail man, Pat. Yeah. No, did not notice that either. Yeah, no, I just, yeah. I, yeah, I get swept up in other things. I'm not a detail man when it comes to stuff like that. Awesome, good stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd say there's definitely a good case for fucking all of this still being inside David, and he's still battling. He's probably still battling with the the Shadow King in his head, but. You know, he's still, uh, he's marshalling all these personalities to, to do it for him. Hmm. That would be a great interest because we've been talking about how they're not exactly going towards, you know, the way of the comics with the multiple personalities. But if, if that's the, that's going to be the big final reveal eventually. The problem is, though, you have to kind of save that till the end of the whole show, don't you? Yeah. Because <laughs> yep. yep. where, where else do you go once you reveal that everything's been in his head? Well, I mean, I guess you could, you could whatever the last season's going to be, that the end of the first, or the cliffhanger going into the last season could be him realizing it's all in his head, and then uh, you could have a million ways to play it out yeah. during the final season with different aspects of himself taking on whoever the villain ends up being. You know, in different ways. I'm, I'm still gonna like. I'm, I'm still rooting for these all to be actual characters and people, and we have our own little like Wes Anderson esque X Men crew here, and uh, <laughs> that there's actually gonna be He's just as happy either way. I, I will be too. Yeah, definitely. Not like I'm gonna. Yeah, it's not like I'm gonna travel through time and not watch it. Uh, <laughs> If I could, maybe. If I could, there's a lot of things I'd go back in time and not watch. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, Sallow being one of them. Um, Why? Do we have time to make the list right now? It's, I mean, is it, is it an absolutely horrific thing to watch? Yes, but it's, it makes a point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <sighs> But right. this is not the Sallow cast. No. <laughs> I know we've mentioned it on this show before, so I felt the need to put a reference uh, a horrible movie to watch. I'll go for yeah, that. Yeah, don't watch Sallow. No. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard of it until just now. <laughs> don't, don't watch it. 
<laughs> Unless you want to be a real prick and then you invite all your close friends over and be like, we're going to watch a movie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Then it's worse. No, that, that was me with uh, Sleepaway Camp when I was in junior high. <laughs> yeah, but see, Sleepaway Camp is cheesy fun. Yeah. Still, if you don't know it's coming at the end. Can... You'll pissed about the end of that movie. <laughs> we will not spoil it here. No. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I don't know where this show is going, man. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why uh, I enjoy talking about it and, and watching it every week. I, and I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. And, and how could it be? Yeah, um, yeah. But it's it, it's something it's something different, you know. And it's and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Tina, just have, just have, what's that? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Pat. Oh, I was gonna. Just just having seen all of the seasons of Fargo, which is done by the same production team, yeah, they tell saying. tight stories. Yeah, there is nothing extra extemporaneous. It's yeah. like, and that it's that it's a you know however many season arc it is, it's gonna it's all gonna click. Yeah, this was kind of the this this episode in particular was kind of the one that didn't. You know, all the other ones have been pretty linear and moved the plot forward. And this one, you know, focused, you know, we freed like four people last, last episode, but this one was all about Sid and, and said, I, I can't wait to, I'm probably right after this, I'm going to find out why the hell Lenny's back in human form. <laughs> yeah, probably when I get up in the morning. Yeah. Um, so yeah, moving right along. So apparently we have, Everyone free from their little mind maze, assuming they're out of David's mind. Yeah, and Lenny's back, so can't, can't have I enough. Can't Im- Aubrey Plaza. So. Yeah, I, you know what? With with everything she's been through, is she going to be an ally or an enemy? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Because I don't know. I think she's just she's probably happy to be free. Yeah, whatever that means. But she could just as easily be a Trojan horse or something, you know. That is yeah, true. Why in the world would she go there? Yeah, and why would Shadow King even release her? I mean, so these are things. Hopefully, they'll answer like right after this show. <laughs> yeah. So Infinity War. I can't believe Dark Phoenix came back and kicked Thanos's ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spoiler. And then, and then, and then the MCU turned into the new universe, which was n- not expected at all. Yeah, it, it, you know, was it um, Howard the Duck? You know, put out an urgent distress call to a star brand, and hey, uh, we're off and running. <laughs> it's just like a John Byrne comic. I mean, you didn't think it was going to happen, but like Iron Did Fist it, yeah. looks up, and he's got his mask on, and. Colleen Wing and oh, you know, yeah. characters. Yeah, the Daredevil freaking <laughs> cameo was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're just being trolly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think anyone would expect us not to recommend. Um, I would recommend if you haven't seen all the other Marvel movies, you should probably do that. Yeah. This, this one doesn't hold your hand for me. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I made my dad watch uh, Thor last week. Didn't get into the spirit of this, but I got Tina. I got Tina caught up on uh, everything except uh, Spidey Homecoming and Thor Two. So, yeah, you really can't skip Thor Two now, though. No, but I filled her in on enough, and she got enough of the beginning of Ragnarok and the little play there. To all right, all right, you know. To yeah, I don't know if I did. Because I, I didn't explain the whole Infinity Stone in Thor two thing to her, but but she's she's been following, you know, she knows about the stones and 
that she made her watch like everything you didn't need to know YouTube video before you went to see it. So, am I the only one who caught the uh, backhanded reference to Snatch in it? Yeah, I didn't no. catch that. No, I didn't either. Let's, all right, spoilers. So go ahead, thirty seconds if you don't want an Infinity War spoiler. Yeah. So, so we do get the collector back played by Benicio because he is in possession of the reality stone. Mm-hmm. And what is Thanos saying to him when he's stepping on him? Where's the stone? Which is what Benicio del Toro says at the beginning of Snatch to the uh, the diamond guy. Oh, there you go. I totally missed the Arrested Development one in this one. Uh, there was uh, I missed that too. What was that? Ah, uh, there's apparently just like a quick picture of uh, Tobias Funke in his Blue Man Group makeup. Okay. Somewhere. Yeah. I don't even know what he's scene. In the collector. It was. He's in the collector's trophy oh, room. Okay, there. that's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and there was one in Civil War too, which was the uh, the stair car. Okay. And also, I mean, well, there are the, the Russo's other two movies had characters from uh, Community in them too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So nice, nice and Marvel to let them pepper in the uh, the other Easter eggs there a bit too. I think they're just going to just back up the money track and be like, uh, Joe, Anthony, do whatever you want. Yeah, well, fuck, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be like, this will like break, what, is Titanic or Avatar still like number one? I believe Avatar is Avatar. still number one. I, I love me some Jim Cameron, but I hope this fucking buries it for all time and maybe he, he'll think twice about making two through eight. <laughs> God, I know. Hey, no. Like, he could come on during the Super Bowl and be like, just tear up the script to Avatar, just look at the camera and go, I'm going to fix Terminator. See you next summer. He's supposed to, yeah. Well, it's him and Tim Miller, so we'll see what we get. It's supposed to be a direct sequel to T2, apparently. So, Hey, I like all things Terminator. I did not like the last couple. <laughs> I had the enough fun with them. No, even... Even four has its moments. It does. It yeah. does. I mean, it gave us the future war. I'm not going to complain. Yeah, that's great, but then and, it went some weird. No, just no. <laughs> just yeah, they they lost me. No. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed the 15 I, minutes of the future war. We get to see. <laughs> all right, that's another podcast altogether. Yes. Um, but Legion cast, man, yeah, still rolling right along and. Um, what did we say? It was like did this a ten episode again or something? Ten uh, twelve. 13, same as the maybe. last one, isn't it? Same amount of episodes. Oh no, remember. actually, you know what? I just read that they just like kind of out of the blue ordered another episode for this season. Really? So, <laughs> yeah. So I I gotta think that either means that could be good or bad. That could be either here's one more to wrap it all up or. We're definitely on board with you guys, and you're getting another season. But that almost sounds like it could be the la- the former. Uh, we shall see. Yeah. Even if it is, we got more more TV show, good TV show than we deserved. Honestly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, plenty to go this season, so we shall keep covering them, and uh, hopefully, you'll keep listening and stuff. Uh, yeah. And uh, David Pasquarello said hi because I think we mentioned him on. Oh, maybe hey, Dave. Fear the Walking Dead cast, but he he always listens to our shit, so we'll say hi anyway. Uh, 
All right, end this thing, because we want to talk Infinity War spoilers, and we don't want to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> right, all right, yeah. Uh, all right, folks, this is the Weekly Heroics. We'll be back next week, whenever next week gets here. Bye now. Watch out. You might get what you're after. Cool, baby. Strange, but not a stranger.